<laughs> oh, with multiple recording things happening. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Enjoy. That's what I needed. Okay. Uh, I was chosen first because if I wasn't, I'd be a sweaty, crying mess over there. Um, so at 10 o'clock, uh, the 10 o'clock group that I lead is Roundtable, where we openly discuss Christian life and how we interact with it. Um, today, I told them I wasn't doing this, but I was exactly doing this. Um, I brought up a couple of questions to see the general perspective of the idea of thankfulness, uh, kind of as an intro into our lessons today. Um, so instead of asking the question, uh, what are we thankful for that we so often hear this time of year, is what is thankfulness? Um, a couple of the answers I got here are appreciation for what you have. Um, another one is recognizing what you have uh, in relation to what you actually need in life. Um, another one is attitude and the mindset, the attitude of gratitude, as, as we saw before. Um, Compassion for those in need, which is it's another level of it, which you don't even think about normally. Um, you have a certain level of things and people don't, and you just it, it brings about another whole level of, of gratitude towards God. Um, the mindset of humility, um, who to be thankful to, uh, is another part that we often miss. Um, and just thankful for, <laughs> this is one Aaron brought up for, uh, his little cousin brought up. Thankful for the resources we have available to us. Um, not just what we have now, but what we are able to grab, what has already been placed there for us. Um, the next question I asked is, how do we show thankfulness? Uh, the, the general way of doing that is just, you know, you say thank you. Somebody holds the door for you, you just say thank you. Um, but what does that really mean and what is that? Uh, a common way of showing thankfulness is gift giving. Uh, we see that a lot of times in the next holiday we're going to celebrate here. Um, and as, as one of, the, peop- one of the, the people there said, as it comes in, we also let it go. Um, as we are given, we so give from there. Um, saying thank you was on there. And unconditional behavior. Um, are we limiting our thankfulness and the things we do based on how we view a certain person? So those are just a couple of the, the things to, to think about as, we're, as the four of us are teaching today. Um, <coughs> Actually, the depth of what is, what is thankfulness. Uh, my topic is going to be on Exodus 15. I don't think we're putting any verses on the screen just because we're doing this kind of quick. Um, context of Exodus 15 is the Israelites have just left um, Egypt. So they just went across the Red Sea. They just watched the, the waves crash down on top of the army. And now they're sitting... They're sitting on this, the edge of this sea, and they're looking out, and they, they see nothing. They, they were in slavery for years, and now they look out, and they see just calm waters, and behind them is their people. That's, that's what we have for, for the intro to Exodus 15. I'm going to read just a couple verses here. Um, Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider has been hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Um, and verse 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Um, this, first off, I love that we see songs brought up in thankfulness. Um, music is obviously a big part of my life, and I, I, 
I love it. I love how it, it brings about uh, a certain thought or certain feeling and how it, how it relates to that topic. And they directly just – they made up a song specifically about the situation that they were in right then and there. This wasn't some you know, pre-programmed song on, on the slides that, that's up there. This is direct from the heart and, and just pouring out to God this, this love and this appreciation for what they just witnessed directly in front of them. This is obviously a huge situation. We're not going to be able to see our enemies wiped out by giant crashing tidal waves. Um, not that we should have enemies that we need wiped out by tidal waves. But there's this, this love and this, this relaxing calm that has now been put over these people. I'm going to continue into verse 13 from uh, chapter 15 here. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them into your holy dwelling. Um, now, it's, they're thankful for what just happened. And now they're thankful, um, like, like I read here, the available resources. They're thankful for the next step. They're not there. They don't have it. They don't even see it. They don't know where it's at. They don't even know that it's 40 years away from them. They're thankful. They know that God has taken care of them. They know that God will take care of them. And it's, it's so far in the future that most of them won't even live to see it. But they're still thankful for what that is. It's that, that whole mindset of, of gratitude, the, the attitude of gratitude. No matter if you're going to see it or not, it's there. God's love and grace is there for us at all times. Um, and the, the next part for how we show thankfulness not. I'm, I'm sure all four of us immediately went to Google and said, you know, <laughs> verses on thankfulness. Um, so I, I saw a bunch of stuff and how it related to praise. Um, how, you know, David would praise God and, and look at his glory and all that kind of stuff. So I went into a little bit more of, of David and I came up in um, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Now this is after uh, Daniel. I said Daniel. David. Um, this is after David had just had a ton of battles, just dealing with all these horrible people, lost a lot of his own men. Obviously, they won these battles, so they're celebrating. Um, so we're going to read 2 Samuel 6, uh, verse 4 and 5, and then I'll, I'll jump around to a couple more. Um, with the ark of God uh, and Iho was walking in front of them, David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with their, their might before the Lord, with songs, with harps and lyres, tambourines, sinstrums and cymbals. Um, it's, again, this, the songs. The, I think too many times, now the topic I have is party time. Too often I think we, we stop and are too calm. We're too, uh, I'm going to say mature. Um, we limit ourselves, we limit our love, we limit our thankfulness because of how we might be seen. Um, we're not fully showing our gratitude to someone. Uh, don't be afraid to give someone a hug when you're happy to see them. You don't have to settle for a handshake all the time. That's, and this is that's a really good example of, of how we limit ourselves. And we're not showing, showing true appreciation and love and thankfulness. We continue on here. Now, this is where it gets a lot of fun. This is where the party time part comes up. Um, verses 14 and 16. Oh, I think I hurry up. Um, David wearing a linen ephod, dancing before the Lord with all his might. With all his, he was dancing with all his might. Has anyone here danced with all their might before? 
I think at Aaron's wedding I did. I hurt myself, but it was a great time. Um, and <laughs> Jeff said, yep. Um, uh, where are we at? Dance with all his might. While he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark from the Lord uh, with shouts and sounds and trumpets. And I don't have time to get into this, but he's, <laughs> he's down. He took his suit off. He's down to his T-shirt. And he's dancing around like crazy. His wife looks out the window, sees him dancing around, <laughs> screaming, having this party. Sees him. He's the king. He's in his T-shirt at this point because he lost his whole suit. And didn't even care. He's dancing, having a thankful party. And then he goes and gets yelled at by his wife. And he explains to her, like, it's, it's the next level. Do we ever get there? Or do, is our thankfulness limited to sitting around a table with a turkey and saying the things you're thankful for this year? Do we ever... Do we ever just lose it? Just get excited. Just have fun and, and express that to the Lord because the Lord wants that. David is, is the man of, after God's own heart. God wants to see that excitement in our lives, that love, that passion, that thankfulness. Um, don't, let, don't let ourselves get in the way of that. Uh, it's, it's something we got to see with, with the kids this year at, at our Thanksgiving. We, just, we had a great time. Just We didn't sing any songs because half of them are tone deaf, so we don't want to sing songs there. But it was... It was fun. We had a great time. So if you get anything out of this, don't try to be stoic. Don't try to be <laughs> mature. There's times to do that, yes. Not in thankfulness. If you're being thankful, you've got something to be thankful for, you show it. You show it with all you've got. If, if it's something that God has given you in your life, you thank God with everything you've got. Don't hold back. Um, next up is Aaron, Jeff. Good luck. <laughs> Okay, I'll be in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Mostly I'm going to be focusing on verse 18. But um, I don't feel like it does the verse justice if we just stop there. Um, so if you look in your Bible, the beginning part of this, or the, the, t- the, section, is, the section is titled um, Christian Conduct. And so... I love these three verses because I feel like these three things are incredibly simple to do, but so incredibly hard to do at the same time. So let's just read it. Uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, Just a short story. (laughs) So the first CD I ever got from my parents was uh, DC Talk Jesus Free. Love that CD. I listened to it. I don't even know how many times. Probably broke a CD player listening to it so many times. The second CD I ever got, though, was a uh, CD by the OC Supertones, which um, people in my generation love the Sky era. <laughs> so, um, but there was one song, and it was my favorite song on the track. It was called Jury Duty. Now we're thinking, all right, this guy is like, you know, eight, nine years old. What does he know about Jury Duty? Well, not much, but. The course of the song is, um, I know I haven't had the best of days, but I want to stop and thank you anyway. Every single moment, whether sleeping or awake, is your creation. What you made is good. I don't always thank you for the rough days or the hard times in my life, even though I should. So that just shows how much I love that song because I can just rifle that off right off the top of my head, not even looking at anything. So that was my favorite song on the whole entire track. 
Um, and as soon as I saw this verse, like that song just popped in my head again. I probably haven't listened to the song for four or five years and I'm looking up on YouTube, listen to it as I'm doing this lesson. All right, I'm running out of time. So, <laughs> so being thankful is so much more than a polite societal norm. Um, you know, polite societal norm being, I love going to Wawa. Not only because it's convenient, but there's an unwritten rule where you always have to hold the door open for the person behind you. It's like you don't see it anywhere else in any other store, like in New Jersey, but Wawa. It's fantastic. I love that societal norm. Being thankful, actually, is so much more than that, though. It is a commandment from God. You know, it says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So God literally commands us to be thankful. Um, but these things are extremely hard to do when things aren't going as planned in our life. Um, the little things, like traffic, for instance. I am a bad road rage driver. I am. I'm terrible. Um, even Mary has picked up certain statements that I say only when I'm behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> um, you know, little things like our food order messed up. Jury duty. Even big things in our life, we are incredibly hard for us to uh, remain joyful, to pray without ceasing, uh, and everything, giving thanks, big things, you know, like buying a home, owning a home, uh, illness, or even death. Um, but we can take comfort because God knows all of these hard things that are happening in our life, and yet he still expects us to be thankful. I mean, you know, James 1, 2, consider it pure joy when facing trials of many kind. You know, he knows that we are going to be facing these trials, but he still expects us to be thankful. Um, obviously, you know, we may not see it in the moment. It may take years. It may take years on years for us to see what we should be thankful in our trial that we are in. Um, but God always does give us something to be thankful for in that moment. And when you find that, it is so freeing on your heart. Uh, Ravi Zacharias said, Gratitude comes from the same word as freedom. Gratis meaning free. Gratitude is the freeing expression of a free heart towards one who freely gave. So there's one word in this verse, verse 18. And it's a very, very small word. The word in. In everything, give thanks. Now, this does not mean for everything, give thanks. Um, I wouldn't expect God for, expect you, I wouldn't expect God to expect you to be thankful for all the evil that is in this world. But he will absolutely expect you to be thankful in every single situation that you are in in your life. Um, you know, a common, the common train of thought of the world is, you know, the world is yours, you know, take, um, what did I say? The world is yours. Always be hungry, be better than your neighbor. Um, since you don't have this, we see this in this season right now, since you don't have this, you most definitely want this because you don't have this, you know, the world businesses, you know, everything that you see on TV advertisement the world wants you to be uncontent with your life. Um, 
And an unconsent heart is most definitely not thankful. Um, you know, it's very, very, very easy to get sucked into this line of thinking. I mean, we've been doing this since we've been made. Since, you know, we were walking on the earth. You know, you don't have the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, but I want it. <laughs> you know, you literally have the whole entire world, but that one thing you can't have, and I want it. You know, this has just been our line of thinking since the beginning of time. And when you focus on what you don't have, life begins to become so much harder than it actually is. Um, it begins to feel like life is um, a lot harder. It's a lot um, helpless. I did read um, another excerpt from another author. Unfortunately, I cannot remember her name. You know, go figure. I can't remember names. But um, uh, but she did say um, what. What she did was she went through the entire Bible and looked up every single instance of thankfulness. And while doing the study, which took uh, a few months to really dive into just looking at the thankfulness of the Bible, she noticed um, how unthankful she is in her own life. And that's what I love about doing morning lessons, about doing all of this, is because when I really dive into the scripture and when I really tear it apart and see how it all connects to each other, um, excuse this phrase, but it really kicks me in the butt. It does. Um, and I feel incredibly hypocritical standing up here and speaking to you on these things because, you know, there's no way I'm following this by any means. But regardless, the truth is still there. Um, and so here comes this part, which um, was weighing on my heart, but when it came to my mind, I put it on paper. It really, like, dug in deep. So um, if it is challenging for you to find something to be thankful for in a situation, if you're, if, if you're feeling challenged finding a way to be thankful in whatever situation you're in, whatever, you're basically saying that you know that there's nothing to be thankful for. Um, and so I say in that situation, challenge God. Challenge God and tell him that there's nothing to be thankful for in your situation. Challenge him to prove you wrong. And I think Andy knows exactly where I'm going with this. So in men's weekend, we had this um, part where all the men split up. And we, all the men, had a very short passage. Except Andy and I. <laughs> uh, um, Dave decided to give us five entire chapters of the Old Testament to break down in 20 minutes and give a short synopsis of it. We were not successful. <laughs> but the section that we had was Job 38 through 42. Um, and... That section that we read, it is a very repetitive, and that's why Dave believed that we would be able to get through it, which we actually did get through most of it. But in there, um, it starts off by saying, God telling Job, you know, gird up your loins, be a man, and, you know, you teach me. You teach me the ways of the world. And he goes on for four entire chapters, bringing up situations in the world that we wouldn't even think about, like, at all. And he's like, 
you know, do you know how, you know, the sea is separated from land and like all these things that we take for granted that like if these things weren't happening in the background, if God didn't think of these things, like our lives would be horrible. It would be absolutely horrible. We don't think about these things. So I challenge you to challenge God. Then read Job 38 through 42. And then get on your knees and try challenging him again. And I guarantee your state of mind will be completely different. And I can almost guarantee that you would never be able to make that prayer with the same mindset. Um, In closing, I just want to say, you know, we have Christ. So we always have something to be thankful for. And thankfulness always starts with a correct attitude towards God. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity for uh, growth and challenging all of us in this area of thankfulness. I pray that we all are just speaking um, what you've given us, Lord. Speak through me in this time. And uh, thank you again, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I had Colossians 3. Verse 15 is the main verse, so if you want to start flipping there, I don't know if you're going to put it up on the board. Uh, New American Standard is what I'm reading out of. New American Standard is what I'm reading out of. Uh, so the context of Colossians is, is uh, the Apostle Paul writing from prison, and he's writing to Christians, uh, for Christians. And the reason I say that, because that might even be kind of a weird statement to say, like, it's the Bible, it's for Christians. Yes, the Bible is for Christians, but not all of Scripture, not everything in Scripture is written directly uh, applicable to us now. But this passage happens to be one of those that is. Um, so we can read it and, and really take in what, what Paul is, is giving us and challenging us on. So I'm going to... Uh, read uh, Colossians 3, I'm going to start um, verse 1 and read the 15. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, 
Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful. So let's go back to verse 2. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. So it's, it's realizing that as believers, as, as Christians, realizing and, and knowing and understanding what Christ has done for us, it's, it's, it's living in that, that mindset, having that mindset uh, be the... Having that mindset set the tone for everything else in our life. Set the tone for how we live, how we view things, uh, how we do things, and how we, uh, how we deal with things when challenges come up or even good things come up. And just in the, it may not be good, may not be bad, just the, the mundane of life. It just that sets the tone. Are we, uh, are, is our mind on things above? Is our mind where, where Christ is? Right? That, should challenge, that alone should challenge us. Because if it's not, then how do we get to the point of, of thankfulness? We can't truly be thankful if our mind is wandering in other places and is wandering, uh, you know, not where Christ is because we're, we're, thinking, uh, we're, we're thinking more about other things than we are on Christ. Now, uh, and where Christ wants us to be, is, is in this place of, of having our mind with his. Now, when I say that, uh, and like I said, it sets a tone for the rest of, of, uh, of those verses and, and getting to the point where we're to, to be thankful. But before I even get to that, having our mindset on things above is not, just a, is not just a positive mindset. It's not just a positive outlook on life. It's not just thinking optimistically on... Uh, on things, and you know, when when things come up, well, I just you know, what's the positive in this situation? Those are all not bad things. That would be helpful for us to do. But the point is, it's 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 not just having a positive mindset. It's much deeper than that. It's saying it's saying as a believer, I know and I understand that I uh, I have placed my trust and my life in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the creator and sustainer of all the universe, which is already more than our mind can fathom. He, uh, he wrapped himself in human flesh 2,000 years ago, lived a sinless life, and, and was crucified. Such a violent death that literally a new word had to be, uh, had to be created to explain it. And then bodily rose again three days later so that all so that we could understand and, and know that he is the truth, he is the Messiah, he is God, he is who Scripture says he is, he is who fulfills all of the prophecy that was said before that. That's the foundation of this mindset in verse 2, setting your minds of things above. So when we have that, that foundation... We can go through life, we can go through bad things and good things and, and, and all the things in between and still be thankful. Yes, we may not be thankful for our car just breaking down five minutes ago, but we can still be thankful that Christ has died for us and rose again so that we can have eternal life and, and be with God forever. 
That, the, the point is that's our foundation. That's, that's where everything else can come from. And so, you know, once we realize that and we believe that, we become a child of God. Uh, John 1.12. And then that's where, as a child of God, as a believer, as a Christian, we go to verse 15 and 16. And because now there's some things that we need to let happen. So verse 15 let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Uh, that alone, let the peace of Christ. How many people just need that right now? <laughs> I didn't actually expect anybody to raise their hands, but a lot of people did. <laughs> so... It, and, and, it, and then it goes and says, this isn't just like let the peace of Christ, you know, be in your life, you know, uh, let it be a part of your life. It goes on and says, let it rule in your hearts. This, this undescribable peace that we can get through Christ alone, the only person and only way we can get this indescribable peace is through Christ. And, and then also to go a step further, let it rule in your hearts. Don't let it just take a place. Don't let it just sit next to you. Don't let it just be uh, a partner or whatever. Just, it, it's to rule in your hearts. So we, that should be comforting again in itself, where let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So this peace from Christ should be everything. We as believers should be set apart. People should know that we're different. And this is one, one huge way that they can know that we're different is if we have the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. It should cover everything in our lives. So verse 16, again, let something happen. Let the word of Christ richly, richly dwell within you. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Let the word of Christ. Hey, we, have all, we all have one of these, right? This, this is the Bible. So... This is, this is the word of God. This is literally, this is written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is God. So let this dwell, I just ripped the page. Let this dwell within us. Scripture. Um, also, just let God, <laughs> is that funny? Just, you know, that's part of let God dwell within us. Let, let his word dwell within us. The more, the more we know, uh, quite honestly, the, just the more scripture that we know, the more that we're, we're engaging with scripture um, it becomes, uh, that's, that's a part of this, this maturing process. Uh, and that's a part of, that's, that's another way of how we get this peace, this peace from Christ that can dwell within us, is, is uh, we, we get to know more of God's word. We get to know more of, of what God is saying to us and how we're to, uh, to engage with others, how do we're, we're to engage with our own lives. And uh, now, jump back. To 15 and 16, which I actually need to go to because I missed, messed it up. To 15 and 16, what do both of these verses end with? I'll just read them. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness. In your hearts to God. Andy talked about singing and songs and how music can be a great form of, of worship and being thankful. So did Jeff. Jeff brought up music. That alone, I think, shows how, much, how powerful music is. I have no musical talent, so 
that's just not something I partake in. But, uh, but I, you know, music is big in my life too. Um, but it's, the, the whole point of this is to be thankful in those things. To be thankful uh, that, uh, to be thankful that we can have this peace from Christ. To be thankful that we have Christ's word that can dwell within us. That we have these psalms and these hymns. Because like I said, no matter what we're going through in life, whether you know, it's just an ongoing rough situation, or if it's a you know, just happened five minutes ago situation, or even if it's great, if, if life is, you know, we're celebrating a lot of things, that's cool too. But we can all have this foundation as believers. We should be set apart and being thankful that we know what Christ has done for us. That's, that's the main point. So, uh, and, and I'm going to close with, um, with basically just saying I'm thankful because he's taken a wretch like me. And, uh, and as all of us as believers, that's, that also applies to you. Um, and then I'll just close with 17. Because I think, I think this is a good closing to the whole thing. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So we're to give thanks in everything, all things. Give thanks to God. Because like I said, that's, that's the foundation. We can have that, that, that security. We have that salvation as believers. That's our foundation for life. So it's that thankful mindset. It's, like, it's that attitude of gratitude, which that's a cute saying, and, and we all say that a lot, but this is the foundation of that attitude of gratitude. That's why that's such a big deal. So, you know, all of this, letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, being thankful in all things, that's all a part of, uh, of the, the Christian's uh, maturity as believers. Um, and maturing and, and realizing that we can be thankful. We can live our whole life uh, in being thankful to him for what he's done for us. Um, be, like we said earlier, be thankful to him for what he's done. And so uh, that's where I'm going to close. Yeah, I got the three minutes. <laughs> Let's turn to Luke 17. I'm in the uh, New King James. Uh, <clears throat> a large dog walks into a butcher shop carrying a purse in his mouth. This is biblical. He puts the purse down and sits in front of the meat case. What is it, boy? The butcher jokingly asks. Want to buy some meat? Woof, barks the dog. Hmm, says the butcher. What kind? Liver, bacon, steak, woof, interrupts the dog. And how much steak? Half a pound, one pound, woof. The amazed butcher wraps up the meat and finds the money in the dog's purse. As the dog leaves, he decides to follow. The dog enters an apartment house, climbs to the third floor, and begins to scratch at a door. With that, the door swings open, and a very angry man starts shouting at the dog. Stop, yells the butcher. He's the most intelligent animal I've ever seen. Intelligent, says the man. This is the third time this week he's forgotten his key. <laughs> that was a man who was not thankful. So, 
to contrast that story, now we have Luke 17, uh, verses 11 through 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Um, So first of all, uh, what we have here, we have ten guys standing far off, shouting to Jesus as he's coming close. Um, It's neat in and of itself that they recognize Jesus. These are men in a leper colony. These are men who didn't have any contact uh, with the outside world aside from the other people who had what they had in common, which was leprosy. Um, leprosy is a devastating disease. We know it today as Hansen's disease. Um, if left treated, untreated, it is fatal. Uh, we do have means to cure it today, but obviously back uh, when this all occurred, that was not the case. Um, <clears throat> leprosy was viewed as a punishment from God. Um, and so what would it, it would cause you to be is unclean, and you'd be, have to be put out of the community. Um, normally, when somebody found uh, you know, that they had leprosy, the, the procedure for it would be uh, you'd find something on generally your arm, leg, something like that, looked like a burn mark. Um, after a while, as, as it's not getting better, uh, you'd go to see a priest about it. Uh, immediately, you are quarantined at that point. You are sent away for seven days. Um, so you kiss your, your wife and your kids goodbye before you go to this. Um, if you are found after the seven days to have leprosy, then that is the end of your life. Uh, there were literally funeral services that would be performed for you by your family at that point. You can't go back to your family, your wife and kids. You wouldn't want to just in case you would possibly give it to them. Um, your clothes are burned. Everything that you owned is, is, is burned. And you are told... Go this direction, there's a leper colony waiting for you there. Uh, And that is, like I say, that is the end of your life. And that is where these men are. Um, They are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They are standing afar off, which is their job, and shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They should be shouting, unclean, unclean. Uh, But, again, they recognize Jesus, which in and of itself is awesome that these guys know of of him. Uh, and are able to pick him out. Um, I would imagine, too, that uh, as he's walking, he has a crowd with him. Um, They lift up their voices. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Uh, This shows that they recognize Jesus' Messiahship. Okay, so that also, in and of itself, is cool. So um, we're going to be focusing, obviously, on the man at the end who came back, but I want to make sure that we understand that these other men... Though they're not technically doing anything wrong, um, you know, they, they do have a heart that needs a little bit of help, but um, that doesn't matter to Jesus in the end. <clears throat> so verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice that he says to them, he said to them, um, he's saying to them. The reason I'm saying that is because he's not shouting to them. Um, It seems very likely at this point that Jesus has approached these men, at least to the point where he's able to speak normally, um, and give them a type of contact that they haven't had, probably, in a very, very long time. Face-to-face contact with another human um, that wasn't basically falling apart in front of them. 
Um, <clears throat> uh, this is what we would expect from Jesus, you know, uh, to be able to get close to these men um, and be able to be face to face with them. This is something that uh, there's stories of people that go to leper colonies even nowadays and, and the smell is basically unbearable. Um, the visages that they have to they see are unbearable and yet Jesus is approaching these men without a problem with it. Uh, <clears throat> and he gives them, he basically tells them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it is, as they went, they were cleansed. They were not cleansed on the spot. They had to walk. They had to take a, uh, a step first. They had to basically step out in faith. And, and in, as they were walking, showing faith, that's when they were healed. So these guys do show a degree of faith, which again is, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's awesome to see. But <clears throat> now one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. This guy's a Samaritan. You know, he is, he's a Gentile as far as the Jewish community is concerned. He's nothing. Um, not only that, but he is a leper. So not only is he already nothing, but now on top of that, he's a person you don't want to be anywhere nearby. Okay, so this, this man has it about as bad as it can be uh, in this day and age. Um, <clears throat> nobody is going to have compassion on him in this part of the world. Um, so maybe from that perspective, it makes a little more sense that he would be more thankful than the other guys. Um, <clears throat> and as we can see, you know, he does turn around. <clears throat> So we have this scene where we have 10 men, they're walking away, they're still covered in their rags, um, but faithful underneath, uh, you know, all that as they, and they're they're healed as they go. Uh, The Samaritan man begins to look down as they go, and he realizes after so much, you know, after all of this that, you know, things are finally beginning to heal up, um, and he is so overcome with thankfulness that he has to turn around. He was thankful for what he received as those other men were, but, but like uh, the guys have been saying, he was more thankful to who had, been given him, who had given him the gift. It was Jesus. Um, he was so overwhelmed with his thankfulness that he couldn't help but turn around and come back and throw himself at Jesus' feet. Um, then we get this question from Jesus in verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. Um, <clears throat> notice first, again, Jesus said, all ten, where, or, or, I'm sorry, all ten are cleansed. Um, their healing was not dependent on their thankfulness, which is very interesting, something to take note of. Uh, they had a degree of faith for sure, but their hearts were more, more focused on what they had, uh, uh, what they had received rather, uh, than the one who had made it possible. Those men were cleansed, and they're going to stay that way. It's, it's, going, to, it's going to be that way. But Jesus' love and desire is not, what, what one of the main points I want to make is Jesus' love and desire is not predicated on how um, we act or how we react to Jesus. He loves us no matter what. You know? For God so loved the world that he gave his son, the whole world. You know, it's, again, a lot of people not uh, uh, overly thrilled with Christianity or Jesus, uh, but he loves them just the same. And the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ is available to them no matter what, no strings attached. <clears throat> and it's important that we make that distinction. Um, these were men who were, come from all different parts of the world, different backgrounds. Um, they had nothing majorly in common, again, outside of the disease, and yet they came to Jesus as a group. Their need for healing completely superseded any societal designations. Uh, they came before men, or before Jesus rather, as men in need, not as Jews and not as Samaritans. Um, 
Jesus asks, asks about the guys that leave, um, and in a way, you could say that he kind of misses them. He's, he misses the thankfulness. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus did something amazing for him. He did something that nobody else could do. It was very, very rare in the Old Testament to ever see anybody cured of leprosy, and it was always of God, which is one of the reasons that Jesus did this as he walked around, to prove that he was of God. Um, Thankfulness is something that is clearly valued by our Creator. It's something that we should be mindful of. Uh, We all have things to be thankful for, but it's important that we remember these things before the Lord. Uh, I had Colossians 3.17 as well, and I'm going to read it to you again. Uh, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So being thankful, what we are being shown here in this passage, being thankful is the sign of a healthy heart. And this is what Jesus is talking about at the end, at the very end where he says, your faith has made you well. Um, The other lepers, they had whole bodies, um, but they still needed to work on their hearts. Um, sadly, they didn't realize this as they, as they ran off to get back to their lives as quickly as they could. Um, but God saw this man's heart and he knew that there was something special in this man over the other 10. Um, <clears throat> on a short-term mission trip back in 1996, Pastor Jack Hinton from New Bern, North Carolina, was leading worship at a leper colony on the island of Tobango. There was time for one more song, so he asked if anyone had a request. A woman who had been facing away from the pulpit the entire time turned around. It was the most hideous face I'd ever seen, Hinton said. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. The disease had destroyed her lips as well. She lifted a fingerless hand in the air and asked, Can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? Overcome with emotion, Hinton left the service. He was was followed by a team member who said, Jack, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. Jack, Jack said, Yes, I will, but I'll never sing it in the same way. One healed leper came back. One caught himself in the midst of celebration, returned to Jesus. He, re- he reversed his steps. He put his family on hold. He put the priests on hold, put everything on hold, turned back around and came to the Lord. His, respo- his, I'm sorry, his response and life situation were unique, but in the simplest sense of what he did, his thankfulness led to action. Um, perfect. So we're going to finish this off with a quote. Uh, <clears throat> This comes from Andy Cook, who is a pastor at Shirley Hills Baptist Church. Uh, It says, No abuse has scarred you so badly that Jesus won't touch you. Jesus is willing to lovingly touch you, hold you, and restore you. No sin has made you unlovable. Jesus is willing to call you his friend and stand beside you. It was his death that paid for your sin. No fear has disqualified you. No problem has put your life on hold. No failure has negated his love. The miracle of thanksgiving is the love of Jesus for you. No exceptions, no qualifications, no doubts. He loves you, and for that, oh God, we are so thankful. Pastor Ron, can you close us out, please? Father, we do give you thanks for who you are, for the work you're doing in each and every one of our lives, and for the opportunity, Lord, just to, to share our faith with one another as you have directed us. Lord, we are, are truly blessed, and uh, may we understand that. Lord, these are challenging, challenging times we're learning here today how you and I think that's what spoke about us was uh, just seeing you in the lives of these men. Thanks. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please rise as we close. Thank you, gentlemen.